Hello Blazers, welcome to episode 49 of UAB Green and Told, original air date Monday, July 5th, 2021. Through this podcast, we are able to share stories from members of the UAB community. You can listen to all of our episodes on Spotify and the Apple Podcast app. While you're there, I'd love for you to leave a written review so we can reach more alumni. I'm Greg Berry, a UAB alum and assistant director in the UAB Office of Alumni Affairs. The University of Alabama at Birmingham has a long list of firsts. Dr. Joseph Volker, UAB's first president. The Pink Dragon, UAB's first official mascot. It's a list that goes on and on and gets added to every year. The list of first also includes UAB's first ever graduate. That distinction belongs to today's guest. As Dr. Ronald Acton will share, while he completed his studies over the summer, he had to wait a while to be handed his diploma. I completed my doctoral requirements in, in uh, August and was signed off and everything, but you know they didn't have the actual first graduate from UAB until, you know, of course, the next May. Ronald will also reveal what the transition was like as UAB moved from an extension center to an autonomous university. You know, it was a very entrepreneurial situation that you could just literally do whatever you want. And Ronald remembers that first graduation, the one in which the alphabet cemented his spot in UAB history. And Dr. Volker was adamant that everybody had to walk across the stage. And I thought we'd never get out of that auditorium, down at the Battle Auditorium. Ronald Acton has been a lifelong learner, making several stops along the way. While Ronald would wind up becoming UAB's first ever graduate, UAB wasn't his first stop after high school. In fact, UAB came after attending Montevallo, the Marion Military Institute, and Birmingham Southern. He was also part of UAB's transition from being an extension center to a standalone university. You know, I, I didn't find it any difference in terms of the quality of the education or anything from my undergraduate. You know, I had, at that time had gone to uh, Montevallo and Marion Institute. Uh, I graduated, I was married, of course, and I graduated from Southern with, without having taken organic chemistry or calculus. So I entered uh, in graduate uh, school uh, under probation, and my requirements was that I had to get off those courses that first year. Well, that resulted in quite a, a cha- challenge in that I was taking the full load and still doing some research. In my view, uh, you know, I thought the uh, instruction was very good. What did we see in terms of the demographic of the students at the extension at UAB? Were they undergraduate? Were they graduate? What was the makeup? When I first started there, a lot of people were like myself in that they were working during the daytime and taking courses at night. And during that period of time, uh, you were able to get your engineering degree by taking all courses there at, at, at the Extension Center. I don't know of anyone when I was a graduate student that were taking courses at that time that were also graduate students. But it, a lot of older people, you know, that had actually uh, had come back or, or at least had their college uh, uh, program was been disrupted for some reason, marriage and other reasons. Uh, one night, uh, I actually ran into my football coach at uh, that had been one of my football coach in high school, and he was taking courses there to uh, finish his doctorate. So it was just a, <laughs> quite a variety of people at different age groups and educational levels. So I assume you had friends that attended University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Did you have any idea what the main differences were between the two locations being Tuscaloosa and Birmingham? I really did not have any 
other indication with regard to the difference in terms of quality of whatever in instruction there at, at university compared to uh, at the extension center or whatever. One thing that was, uh, I think, was different was the fact that a lot of the initial, like freshman courses and all at the university, you know, there'd be a hundred in a class or so. Well, we had very far, small classes at the extension center. I suspect there never was over 30 or so people in any of the classes I took. At some point in the late 60s, there was the discussion of, you know what, maybe Birmingham needs to be an autonomous institution, standalone. Do you remember any of those conversations or hearing anything about that? Oh, yes. Well, one thing I did not know at the time, but uh, the evolution in terms of administration, like Dr. Uh, Volker, you know, had initially came to UAB as a dean of the dental school, started the dental school. Then he came vice president for the, you know, for the institution there and the health affairs and so forth. So I remember that time. And one of the things I do remember though about, and uh, all throughout my career, uh, it, it changed a lot as uh, near the end. You know, it was a very entrepreneurial situation that you could just literally do whatever you want. So, you know, you had that kind of environment where it was just, you know, it was just a sort of laissez-faire type situation and, and, you know, you didn't have a lot of restrictions. When the campus originally became campus, it became UAB, its own university, everybody talks about building one, two, three. What was campus actually like in 1969? Well, where all coursework uh, classrooms were at that time, was, uh, which is now the dental school building. At that time, that was the basic science building. And on the second floor, what you had on that floor is you had a little step up and you had two lecture halls, one on the right and one on the left. And one was for dental and one was for medical instruction. And uh, we, uh, so at that time, graduate, in graduate school, you took a lot of courses with dental school, uh, dental students like biochemistry and histology and physiology and so forth. You know, we would be in that same lecture hall with uh, some of the uh, uh, medical students. That was the main focus. And then the labs were there, the biochemistry and in that building and uh, microbiology. Uh, so it was all concentrated there. And then of course, in the basement, well, not really the basement, but you know, you go into that building and you step down, but you enter there and on the right was the cafeteria right on the other straight ahead was the post office. So that was the gathering place, all the faculty and students and everything. And so you, everybody would go there in the morning, get their mail and go in and have coffee or breakfast or whatever. And you, so you knew them all. I mean, I mean, it wasn't any, even though you had not taken courses, you actually you know, knew, the, knew their name, faces, and you know they would speak, and you would speak to them, you saw them in the hall. You, you could go to any class or anything you wanted to even as just a spectator. Uh, Volker Hall was uh, built while I was gone. I was gone three years doing postdoctoral fellowships when I come back. And of course that moved the campus a little bit further and then the library and all towards that direction. When the transition happened from spring of 69 to the fall of 69 and then going into classes through 1970, what was that transition like? Was there any challenges? Could you notice anything different or was it basically business as usual? At that time, uh, in, in that transition period, the uh, commencement, of course, we didn't have a, a, com a commencement in the, in the fall. I mean, in the spring. 
I completed my doctoral requirements in, in uh, August and was signed off and everything. But, you know, they didn't have the actual first graduate from UAB until, you know, of course, the next May. Uh, so I began a postdoctoral fellowship in clinical immunology and rheumatology. I didn't know it was any transition other than the fact that a little bit prior to that, Dr. Barker had taken over the graduate school administration, if you will. At what point did you realize that you were going to be the first official UAB graduate? Because there's no, nobody with last name Aaron, Abernathy, anything like that. It came down to Acton because they did it in alphabetical order. And at that time, there was one entire graduation. It wasn't separated like today. Medical, how they're separate and so on and so on. And Dr. Boker was adamant that everybody had to walk across the stage. And I thought we'd never get out of that auditorium, down at the battle auditorium. I don't think I realized it, uh, and it really didn't hit on me all that much until actually, actually right at the end when we was getting ready to have the commencement, I guess. I don't know if the program had come out before that day or not, but I guess right at the very end, and, you know, my degree is university in Birmingham, not at Birmingham. And it was a little old bitty diploma about the size, well, it was the size of the one I received from uh, Birmingham Southern. And right across the street was a little building, I think it had been a doctor's office, that where they had um, a photography and illustration department. Very small little thing. And they, they made up the diplomas. Today, the doctoral degrees are, are about three times larger than my, my little diploma I got at, at the first. Let's look at the overall 60 plus years you've had with the university. When was the biggest change for the university? Was it athletics? Was it the construction boom of the last 15, 20 years? When was it, do you think? Well, construction, you know, was going on the whole time I was there, you know, because we were building uh, the uh, Lyons Harrison building. Uh, and I remember one time, uh, I think my wife said, you know, I bet one of these days this campus will stretch our way to the interstate. Well, she was right. So there was construction continuously, the diabetes building and the Eye Foundation Hospital, you know, everything was going on uh, all around us at all times. So that being the case, you, you didn't really quite comprehend the magnitude of it sort of until, you know, looking back, afterwards, say, gosh, look at all this. There were a number of events that struck my mind. I mean, there were several. One was the, uh, in terms of the medical side, out recruitment of, of uh, Dr. Kirkland, of course. That was a major, major event. The other things at that same time is when Dr. Durant obtained a comprehensive cancer center grant. Well, one of the requirements, the National Institute of Health requirements, was you had to be strong in the basic sciences related to cancer, of course, clinical, and uh, public health and epidemiology and outreach. You had to have all those to be a comprehensive cancer center. And of course, UAB was one of the first eight comprehensive cancer centers. What's interesting is from, from day one, when the medical center, uh, I mean, excuse me, when the medical college was transferred to UAB, the two-year college, and it became a four-year college, there was a continual need and, and sort of uh, <laughs> campaigning for funds and space. You mentioned that the growth was really fast. Could you have imagined how fast, how rapid it grew considering you were here in 65 
and then graduating in 70. Could you have ever imagined the speed that the university has grown? No, and, uh, you know, it, it, when you're there, actively involved in all your activities and other things going on around, you're not as much aware of the magnitude. It, it didn't impact as much as, uh, uh, as it does looking back historically and on a timeline. And it was, you know, it's, it was actually amazing. Where do you see UAB in 20, 25 years? Greater. I hope it maintains its greatness. I have two reasons for that. You know, I'm the first graduate. My my wife graduated from there and did her dietetic internship there. My my son went there and my daughter graduated from medical school there. And she's a faculty member, a professor of pediatric infectious disease. So I have vested interest <laughs> in that the well-being of the institution, it will not go down. I know that for a fact. Uh, we've got too many good people now. And uh, it, it will continue to grow. There's no question about that because you got too many good people. So I, I see it even attain greater um, magnitude and, uh, and recognition. To be a great institution, we also need greatness amongst the faculty and the undergraduate part of our school too. What does it mean to you to be the first graduate of this institution? Well, it means more to me now than it did when I graduated because it takes time for the impact, you know, for the impact. Uh, and uh, I think it means a lot to my family. I know my my daughter was uh, attending a, a leadership internal conference, you know, at UAB, and uh, Tim uh, Pentecuff, who I've really enjoyed working with on the archives, he gives this sort of inter, you know history of UAB, and he shows a picture of me uh, as the first graduate. And my daughter spoke up and said, "That's my dad." It it, it, it means a lot, and, and now I'm looking back more so than it did. But what means what really means as much going back and looking at that over time, and and what all. Uh, the events and so forth as a student and then as a faculty member and all, uh, that really uh, means as much or maybe more so than actually being the first because, you know, being there to, to see it happen and see the greatness it attained and being a part of that. I mean, I did my part. Uh, you know, that, that really, you know, I look at that as my greatest legacy. That's Dr. Ronald Acton, UAB's very first graduate. Dr. Acton was awarded his PhD from the Department of Microbiology as a part of the university's first ever commencement ceremony in 1970. While the Blazers didn't actually become the Blazers until eight years later, Dr. Acton is still an original one, and he has his own idea of what it means to be a Blazer. Well, I think it, again, adds to uh, the recognition. Certainly, I think that... uh, the one thing the athletics will do is many people will, particularly as they have become more successful, uh, will recognize the institution when you say the word Blazers than you say maybe a University of Alabama at Birmingham. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really, uh, I have the emblems and my wife has the tag. <laughs> Be sure to listen into previous episodes of UAB Green and Told. You can find all of them at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold. Have a story to share? email greenandtold at uab.edu. Finally, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for UAB Alumni. Thanks for listening, and until next time, Go Blazers!